special presentation of the Benefit of the Doubt podcast. From Chicago, it's the Doubting Thomas podcast with Clifton Thomas and your host, Welcome to the Doubting Thomas Monthly Recap. My, I am your host, Adam Doubt, and I am joined, as always, by co-host Cliff Thomas, who had a more important co-host or co, uh, co-producer role this month um, over, you know, like other months, because this month he reminded me, hey, aren't we supposed to do a Doubting Thomas sometime around now? And I'm just like... <gasps> Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so like Cliff, that was like, that was clutch. <laughs> if you hadn't said anything, honestly, it would have been like July 3rd and we would have just been like, hmm, feels like we're missing something. <laughs> I feel like we're missing something here. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird. Honestly, it's just, I've been, you know, I've got four jobs now, basically, is what it boils down to. I've got, you know, the the main job, and I've got the, the main job at LifeWire, credit where it's due, and I've got the Android Central job, and I've got the Digital Trends job, and then I've got this, which is, you know, it's, it's a job. I like doing it, but um, it's just so, it's just a lot. <laughs> it just really is a lot. And um, I spent eight hours last Saturday building a space a Lego space shuttle which was just insane like I don't it, and, and like the worst part is I decided I was gonna time lapse record it like from two different angles no less and thank God because um, um, one of the angles actually cut out because the battery died <laughs> on, on, the, on the phone so uh, but anyway so I did two different angles and it's a good thing because now I can flip between them um, but like and but the problem is, is like, you know, once you start that, you can't stop. So I did it all in Take one sitting. Take it all sitting. apart and put it back. And <laughs> oh, God. It's a little hard to fake. And you know what? I had this I had this really, like, like insane desire. Because, you know, I finished this at, like, 10 o'clock at night. Mm. And I had this insane desire to just, like, take the space shuttle and, like, drop it off my roof and film it <laughs> hitting the ground. And I'm like, no! Anyway. You so. would have never found those pieces. And it, it wasn't oh, just no. the space shuttle. It was also the Hubble telescope. It was also the Hubble telescope. And by the way, that Hubble telescope on my desk right now might be slightly more useful than the one that's actually floating in space, depending on how things go. Um, so have you, I don't know if you've heard, if you've been keeping I up with that. I haven't heard, but it, Hubble's never been the most reliable piece of technology. No, I mean, it's been fine. Uh, so I guess um, just a couple of days ago... Um, the Hubble telescope, uh, like started having some, some issues, like some, some issue as uh, some computer issues. So they tried to fire up the backup computer and like that wouldn't turn on either. Oh. And that didn't fix it. And, um, like there's a couple of other components, I guess they're not done trying stuff, but they're like within days of calling the Hubble telescope, basically another piece of space garbage unfortunately which is which is sad because like the hubble telescope's been up there for like is like 30 years 30 now something or something years. like that and like and they already said they're not going to go up and fix it so well, it, it was basically scheduled to be ob- obsolete anyway i think so they were just right. they were just it's kind of like uh, the the pieces of technology that we've had on um, the rovers and such that um We've had on Mars for a long time, where they sort of had like the end of life, the EOL, and then they just sure. kept on going. And you know, and they've done a ton of upgrades over the years to it too. So, I, yeah. I wondered, like, you think NASA has like like call-in tech support? <laughs> like it's like JPL calling you, and they're like, "Yes, uh. <laughs> thank you for calling JPL Tech Support. This is Ryan. How can I help you?" Yeah, Ryan. So we're trying to turn on the Hubble telescope. Okay, so have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> yes, we've tried that. <laughs> and actually, that's what was causing the problem. So wait, did you do a full and complete shutdown before you turned it off? Or was it more of like a power cycle? It was actually more of a power cycle. Well, if you had read your warranty, sir, you would have realized that a power cycle is not healthy for the long-term viability of the telescope. And I'm sorry, it is now under warrant. It is now out of warranty. So <laughs> I think it's been I'm out of warranty to... for a while. 
I'm going to have to start charging you $2.99 per minute for this call. Do you agree to those charges, and do you have your credit card ready? I feel like, I feel like you've done this before. <laughs> only, only only a, a little bit. But no, actually, fortunately, I never, fortunately, no one ever had to pay to talk to me, which I'm kind of happy about. Um, you know, my company had to pay me to, to talk to people, but like one of the, I, and I only said this a couple of times in my like 12 years of doing tech support, but every now and then I would, I would drop the, um, sir, only one of us is getting paid to have this conversation. So can we move on? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, having done the, uh, the, not necessarily phone tech support, but, uh, phone, uh, phone customer service. I, I yeah, you definitely get some people that are chatty and lonely yeah. and yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had one guy, oh man, this pissed me off so much. It was like one of my one of my first years doing I working in a twenty four seven call center. I had to I had a, a guy call in on um New Year's Eve at like oof. 11:55 or something like that. And, you know, a lot of people would actually call us on New Year's Eve and just say I wanted to wish you a happy New Year's Eve, but this guy actually had a legitimate albeit stupid problem that did not have to be solved at that moment. But as it turns out, I missed the midnight ring, um, the midnight bell because I was on the phone talking to this guy about like I don't know how to check his email or something like on July, January 1st, like nobody's emailing you on January 1st, sir. Trust me. But, um, Not anyway. sure what so, is worse though. The fact that you got this guy at midnight or that, or and that he was calling you then, or the fact that you were having to work support on new year's Eve. Oh, well, you know, it's, I, I used to tell my wife computers break on Christmas. So, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, anyway, that's fine. That's <laughs> as much as I would love to rehash my glory days in tech support. I would not. Um, we uh, we had a month. So yes, let's uh, let's talk about the month that was starting off with the long awaited one plus nine review. Uh, OnePlus 9 Pro review, and this is going to be my my next and possibly final shout out to Android Central for lending me the OnePlus 9 Pro for allowing me to uh, to do a review on that. So that's very cool. I still have it here. Yeah, right here. So, Surprised. Oh, you've um, got a case on it. Otherwise, it'd be on the floor. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so it's a it's it's a it's a good phone. I liked it. So like. A little backstory: When I when when the OnePlus Nine Pro first came out, I was not enthusiastic about buying it. I didn't like. I was okay with buying it. I just didn't really want to. Um, and so, like you know, there was just nothing about the phone that was particularly exciting to me. You know, like it it and I and I and I touched on this on the review a little bit. Like, ooh, it charges fast. Yay! And, which. To be fair, is legit. This thing charges like a mother. I'm not gonna like you know, that that has real world, you know, applications that are very useful. And I actually use those like a couple of times. Like I would be looked down and be like, Oh, my phone's at, you know, twenty some percent and I'm still going out for tonight. I better plug it in for like thirty six seconds and have it be up to full. <laughs> so I mean like it that is a, a legitimate use case, but I just don't personally I don't think it's good enough for a flagship to, to hang its hat on, to say, this is our star feature, it charges fast. You know, it's a not lot the, of phones charge it's fast. It's not the sexiest uh, selling It's phone. not. It's not. It's not. And, and if that's your entire elevator pitch, I'm probably going to get off the elevator without you. Um <laughs> But you know that being said, like I was, I was very pleasantly surprised by the camera. Um, and by the way, I promise everybody the camera review. Uh, well, you're listening to this later, but the camera review is going up tonight. So it is, it is June 29th. It's what is it? 23 days after the uh, the review posted, but I'm putting it up tonight. I actually finished editing it over the weekend, but then I walked 20,000 steps at Great America on Sunday, and I was just dead. And, like, you know, yesterday I had a lot of work to catch up on. So, like, today I'm putting it up. It's going to the YouTube, I promise. So, well, I mean, I don't know when the next video is going up, but this it, one's going up tonight. He would have had it up sooner, but he had a 400,000-piece Lego uh, time yeah, lapse film yeah. to, to, to do. Yeah. 
23 priorities. 2300 2300 pieces i think it was i like 400,000 better that just sounds oh well, yeah yeah but it's like a 300 page instruction manual it's so funny too <laughs> so so i was a huge lego fan like fanboy and builder like i used to do little i used to go to the mall to those competitions they would have to build things like i built okay. my own x wing before you had like parts to to build that in reality. Nice, yeah. It nice. actually was was pretty good. But what? I, so I had an opportunity recently. I think my my daughter got. I think it was just like a Happy Meal thing or some, something where it was just like a little tiny piece. But the mm-hmm. Lego instructions, like stylistically, have not changed in thirty something years. Like they still look like I remember them. And they're brilliant. Like yeah. the like. So like I had some. I had one problem because there were a lot of like. Seemingly specialized pieces for this particular I'm sure. build, mm-hmm. and so like I think they had trouble illustrating some of them because I would like look <laughs> at the instruction and I'd be like, "The hell is that?" And like you know, nothing in my tray seemingly matched what was on that. But I eventually figured out like what they were what they were going after. But there were a lot of pieces in this set that I had never seen before, um, and so but like just the way that they you know I missed a few steps. While I was while I was building, totally my fault though because like the way Lego lays it out, like they show you what pieces you need, they show you what order to put them together in, and by the way, do not mess with that order. Um, and then they show you where they go, and they outline each piece that you're putting on that's new to that step in red. So I mean, it's like really really hard to screw up, and I still screwed it up, but only a couple of times. <laughs> um, you you definitely but find out like, quickly if you're missing a piece. It's yeah. yeah, and I did I didn't I did end up missing a piece. Like there were a lot of these like shiny um, uh, silver like um, uh, pieces like because uh, the Hubble's basically round, right? You know, so they had like these rounded pieces, and like the first batch of those, I came up missing one, and I'm like. All right, well, I'm just going to push that one. And I took a note, took one from the next bag of instructions, and I like kept going and kept going until I finally got to the end, and I needed that last piece. I'm like, oh crap, I got to find this thing now. <laughs> and so, and sure enough, I did find it. But and uh, there were a couple of pieces that fell onto the floor, but surprisingly, of the 2,300 pieces, I only had like four fall on the floor. So I was actually like rather impressed. That is um, impressive. But. But I mean, like the way they lay out the bags and everything—seventeen bags of Legos in this thing—and um, just like it's just they've they've gotten this down to a science, and I'm very very impressed with like Lego um, builders and Lego. Um, they have a name for them, and I can't remember what, but like the people that design the sets, like they're amazing. Um, and I and I actually. Maybe this is going to be the all Lego episode the way it's going, but I wanted to uh, touch on. You were talking about like how you'd go to the mall and build the mm. build the thing. So we went to um, when my son was in Cub Scouts. We had to go to an art gallery and view pieces of art for like some merit badge thing. I don't remember what it was. So we ended up going to a local community college. And on the day that we went there, the art gallery was actually closed because they were hosting a Lego robot competition. Hmm. Like, these were like robots, you know, with mechanical uh, pieces, but also built primarily out of Legos. Was it Tetris or was it just like regular Lego pieces? No, it was just like, it might have been a combination of both. I don't know. I took a whole bunch of pictures because, like, I was geeked out. I'm like, this is amazing. And so, um, as part of the as part of the competition, they had like those gigantic beds, like an eight by four sheet of plywood with like walls on it filled with Lego. Mm-hmm. And like you know, you could pick it up and build anything you wanted. And like my son was, he would have been like six or seven at the time. Like he was super young, and so he was going in there and he was building like walls and stuff like that. And these two girls. No more than 13, 14 years old had taken these, you know, the like those super long Technic pieces, like with the barrels that interlock them together. Mm-hmm. They had built a claw with the with the holes that they with that the, like, well, in the in the yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But they had built like an accordion claw that went from like one foot long out to like ten feet long. Wow. 
like just by like you know doing like doing like this and like that and you could like you could in theory pick something up on the other end and so they walked over to uh, they walked over to my son and said do you want to play do you want to play with this and like they just handed it to him and walked away and i was like marveling at this thing like it's <laughs> it's, it's it's stupid i mean it's Tiny it, 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 it it's really simple to look at but like uh, that's when I realized I'm like I am so out of my league here because like I never would have even thought to build something like like I would have been next to my son building a wall, <laughs> you know. Right. So, <laughs> um, so final as, thought yeah. on, on Legos, I, I just I doubt it. I but love, okay. well, my final <laughs> thought is is you know everything is it seems like is getting more expensive right now. Um, oh yeah, for for different reasons. Um, oh yeah, but ask me how much a space shuttle was. <laughs> I'm guessing three hundred dollars. Well, you're high, but really not much. Well, so, so my <laughs> my point being that that I, I just if you if you broke it down to like the cost per like the I don't know how you would like maybe weight. I bet Legos is up there with like I wouldn't say gold, but <laughs> some kind of precious metal. I mean, considering it's just injection molded plastic. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, yeah, I could see that, and I think there was a time. Am I right about this? Where Lego made more tires than Goodyear on one year, or something like that? That or something? I, I, I wouldn't don't be surprised. Yeah, like Lego does a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot of records that you wouldn't necessarily be like, oh yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that makes sense. I would love to go to one of the Lego lands. The, the, the I don't even. I don't, I don't think there are any in the United States. We've but... got one here in Chicago. Oh, do you really? Never mind. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's like a it's like a Lego themed. Uh, it, it's really expensive. I want to say it's like fifty bucks to surprise, get it or something surprise. like that. Yeah, yeah, but no, but yeah, I mean, like I I very much and like I know a few people that collect Lego and stuff like that. So it's really and we watch Lego Masters. My wife and I watch Lego Masters on uh, on TV. What is that on? I would so, love to watch that. Uh, I think it was on Hulu. So I, I know season one should be on Hulu. I've got Hulu, so I'll um, check it out. Now, here's a question. Did you take any pictures of your space shuttle with your OnePlus 9? Uh, not with the OnePlus 9, no. <laughs> uh, well, actually, yeah, I might have taken pictures with the OnePlus 9. <laughs> How are, I, I didn't put them in the video, though. <laughs> <laughs> so so but, then you were impressed with the camera? Yeah, yeah. So nice transition there. Um, I was, I was just handing it to you on a platter. And- <laughs> I walked, yeah, and I walked right all. I, I, I said, "Oh, this looks like a lovely appetizer." Then I threw it on the floor and stomped on it. And I picked it up and said, "This smells funny," and then I'm going to eat it anyway. So yes, I did take some photos of the, of the, um, of the uh, space shuttle with the One Plus Nine, uh, and uh, and yeah. So I like overall, I was I was impressed with the camera because like, you know, One Plus has a history of saying we have a really great camera on this phone, and then the reviewers are like, this one because no. <laughs> Um, but like for the OnePlus Nine, now it, it, it's not mind blowing. Um, you know, it has the uh, it has the Hasselblad tuning to it, which I actually thought was kind of funny because on the video I point this out, there is a noticeable difference in color grading between the three different lenses. So like you know the 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 I think it was the um, ultra wide lens was darker than the main sensor, and then the main sensor was darker than the than the 3x the result of which like what by the time you zoom into 3.3x it's actually kind of washed out a little bit um so like and like that's one of the things that i look for when i'm when i'm when i'm evaluating a camera is i want to see if i can get the same colors mm-hmm. from each different how lens consistent and is it across as an experience it, exactly mm-hmm. exactly so like and like from and, and and don't get me wrong, that's nitpicky stuff. I mean, it's not like it's not like you're gonna take a picture and post it to Instagram, and everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, you use the ultra wide for that." I can tell because it's dark. You know, it, it's not like that. <laughs> you know, it's 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 a very subtle difference. Um, but still, when you're paying a thousand dollars for a, for a phone, I think you get to I think you get to nick I, I think you get to mm-hmm. pick some nits. Um, but anyway, so like. But so like yeah, in in broad daylight, you know, all cameras are pretty much pretty good. But like I said, that was the one thing I noticed 
um, the color grading between the two. Um, in at in the evenings and at night, um, there was one time a buddy of mine had a gig in a bar, which was my first time standing in a bar in an enclosed space without a mask on. That was weird. Um, but once I got past that, I said, "Hey, you know what? I can write off this cover charge." And I started <laughs> and I started taking pictures of uh, of the band and like you know some of those typical shots of like the shelves of alcohol mm. and stuff like that. So um, I included some of that. But you, you there's actually a, like a lot of detail that the cameras are picking up. The one main gripe that I had with the camera was of course low light because that's the main gripe you're going to get with any phone camera but in this particular case it was because the oneplus 9 had trouble focusing when you moved the phone in low light so like if you were panning or if you were holding the phone while walking along um or if you were just like moving from like one subject to another the the focus kind of like went crazy while you were moving and then it like snapped back in like once you once you got a new subject in 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 the frame so like that was one thing that was just kind of like yeah i'm not i don't like that so much because like and obviously that's only when when you're doing video i, I think like, oh obviously. just in video yeah, when you're shooting stills, it doesn't really matter because once you focus on a subject, you're taking to take the picture and it's gonna be fine. So, but like when you're shooting on video and you're moving from one subject to another, that's when um, that's when it kind of freaked out a little bit. Yeah, I had, I had as you know that the uh, OnePlus Nine, not the the uh, Pro, the Pro, yeah. And I I do I will say I like the um, Hasselblad uh, tuning. To the at least the main sensor on on the nine. It's about the only thing, one of the few mm-hmm. things I liked about that phone, to be honest. And I and I have been yeah. a, a OnePlus fan. Um, yeah, it's, it was just it was weird with that particular phone because it is still an eight hundred dollar ish phone, like seven hundred and something. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't even have OIS on the main sensor, optical image stabilization on the main sensor, and that yeah. just. And it has a, a a plastic mid frame. Like the whole thing just feels like like built. Not that it feels bad. It's just you're you're still paying quite a bit of money. And I don't understand that the, how they can put a, an image sensor into the original Nord with optical image stabilization, but they couldn't do it with. But they the, can't do it in their flagship. It doesn't make any sense. But yeah, the the the, yeah. the Hasselblad tuning kind of reminds me of um, Nokia's of old. Where it, they're hmm. they're trying to go for more of a, what I would call like a natural look without it being like super over processed or looking for that I mean you know that HDR oh, without great. actually having HDR turned on like like a Samsung yeah. look would be um, and I like that I mean I think it's just more of my I mean everybody's got their own personal taste I think it seems like most people um, for what they're using their cameras for like having that 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 more saturated look that a that a company like. Samsung yeah. provides, so I don't know. It's to each their own, but yeah, I just um, yeah, I was I was surprised how much I did not like the nine. The fact that I mean, it's it's gone. I returned it, so right. I have not returned mine. I did ask Daniel if he wanted me to send it anywhere, and he said you can, I can hold on to it for now. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, so like overall, it's 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 a good flagship. Um, and and you know, I also mentioned this during the review, like. You know, now that 10x zoom exists, <laughs> it's going to be hard to like look favorably on a phone that doesn't have that. So, um, but like, and, and I get it, zoom's not everything to everybody, but it's a lot to me. Uh, so, but yeah, but I mean, beyond that, like the three, the 3.3x, I, I don't even know why. I, I don't know why companies bother doing any amount of zoom less than like five. At this point, because like it seems like the type of stuff that you want to shoot with a zoom is not going to be that much better at two x than it was at one, you know, and it's not going to be that much better at three than it is at, at at one. You know, I really think that like five is kind of the magic number there. Mm-hmm. You need to step it up to five so that you can get like you know a lot closer to your subject and just capture what you're looking at rather than like this whole big wide zoomed out thing. Yeah, five to 10, I, so. just you and I both have um, an S21 Ultra and I, I feel like mm-hmm. 5X to 10X is, is sort of the sweet spot. Anything beyond yeah. that is, it, well, I wouldn't say it's grainy, but it's just the usefulness of it unless you're just doing something crazy like 
uh, you know, you just one of the what do one of those demo shots where you're you're zooming in on a building and it's impressive, but you probably won't use it that much. Right. Now with the 10x, um, I have noticed since I've been spending so much time at Great America mm. recently, and that streak is breaking this week, by the way. So we're gonna we're gonna stop the streak at four at I think it's four weeks God. in a row that my daughter and I went to Great America. Um, well, yeah. So anyway, because well, because this Sunday is the Fourth of July, so who knows? Maybe we'll go on Saturday this week instead. Um, but anyway, um, I've been doing a lot of uh, shooting with the Ultra at Great America trying to capture, like, my daughter on different rides. And, like, the 10X actually is a little bit too dark for that. Like, because the the aperture is just so small on the 10X, you know, it kind of has to be. So, like, if there's any kind of, like, daylight in the background, you're going to lose a lot of stuff there. So, like, the 3X actually was, it's funny now that I've had this, like, mini rant about why would anybody bother with a 3x i've actually been using the 3x a lot shooting um, you know my daughter on different rides and i actually got a really good shot of her upside down on a roller coaster like coming straight at me it was Were you pretty just cool doing the hold down the button um, so it's doing eight billion shots and then you just pick the one well I was doing that, but I was doing the Samsung version where you have to push the button and drag it off to the side because Samsung does the stupid thing with yeah. the burst mode. Yeah, but uh, so, but anyway, yeah, um, but yeah, so I I was shooting with burst mode with that because that's the only way that you can shoot action photos on a phone. Um, this is true, but. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we have spent a lot of time mm. on the OnePlus, and we should probably, you know, we're we're twenty six minutes in here, so we should probably. Just, I, I think you're right, though. It's a good phone. Um, very fast charges. Charges very fast. I will say. Oh think, yeah. The other thing that just real quickly that drove. I don't know if it's the same because I know they have different finishes, but my God, the OnePlus Nine was one of the slipperiest phones I have ever had. It's one of those where. It looks like a ghost is taking your phone away because it'll just be sitting on a completely level surface and it just it just, and just, it start just walking starts away. walking away. Yeah the the nine the nine pro I I think I think also was very slippery. I basically always wore mm. had a case on it, um, except when I was taking photos of it. So that's funny. Um, but yeah, I always put phone uh, cases on every phone ever. So that's just kind of how I do. You do have breaking um, hands. I do, I do have very breaky hands. So, um, but uh, so Cliff, let me ask you this: Would you consider yourself an influencer or a reviewer? What do you think? I would consider myself a part-time reviewer. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fair. So, okay, so like, right? It was kind of funny because right before the show went on hiatus, there was kind of this thing going around with some of the smaller YouTubers that I follow, um, you know, talking about being an influencer versus a review versus a reviewer. And like, you know, a lot of, a lot of, there was a lot of talk about like, you know, paid promotions, paid reviews, paid content, stuff like that. Um, and so that, that was the reason that I sat down and wrote that. And like I said, I wrote it right before I went on hiatus. And then I, kind of forgot about it when it came back <laughs> when the show came back so like it took me a couple of weeks to remember oh yeah that's right i did that i should probably i should probably do that so i think i think what it comes down to me and i, I wanted to get your thoughts on this cliff um you know just to sum up what i was what i was saying was the main reason i consider myself a reviewer rather than an influence influencer is because if you give me a product i'm going to tell you everything about that mm-hmm. product. I'm not only going to highlight stuff, you know, highlight the good. I'm not going to stick to a script that somebody else wrote for me. These are, you know, anything that I'm going to review on the show are going to be my thoughts. So like, and, and, and if there ever was a time that somebody said, well, we want to, you know, pay you to talk about XYZ product, I would never call it a review. Uh, just because I think a review has to be kind of an impartial look at a product. It can't be something that's influenced in any way, shape, or form. Well, I think if you, if you did not disclose that it was that it was uh, a product that was provided to you um, for free for you for you to keep, or that you were being paid to review it, then uh, 
yeah, you would lose credibility if in the eyes of, or, yeah. in the, or in the eyes or ears, depending on what you're talking about, of, of your listeners. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that, so, yeah, I, I have no problem with, with paid reviews as long as, as uh, you know, it, it's upfront. They're upfront about it. It's yeah. not necessarily I mean, something that I probably wouldn't go to that person as much, but at least they're disclosing it. It's when right. you, this is sort of an app, not a huge abstract, but you see what's happening now with um, Amazon taking all of these products off of uh, from uh, what was it Rav Power and Aki and some other yeah uh, where we basically were offering one. here have this gift card just go and review was it Mpow? I think and it was Mpow. Well, there were there was were like one. five yeah mm-hmm. oh okay yeah, like yeah. five brands uh, and and I didn't realize that I think it was. I don't remember. There was one company that I think it was Rav Power that actually has like it's a, it's an oh uh, something Sun Sun something uh, a, a Chinese company that owns like eight brands that specialize like basically just sell on Amazon and and so they oh, okay. were all delisted. Um, mm. So it's interesting, but I mean that I think that's a comparison, right? Because how can you trust reviews on Amazon? Even though this is not a you're not talking about re- reviewer versus um, influencer, but at the same time, I think the effect is the same. You, you can't uh, if, you're, if you're a retailer, how it can is. you trust you know those the, those to be honest reviews? Because honestly, if it's a bad product and people are putting up good uh, reviews of it, and then it gets purchased and you have a ton of returns, then you're losing money. So, right, right, yeah. I mean, there's that's that's I mean that is a, a kind of a different con. It's a similar conversation, mm. but. But yeah, you're right. I mean, there's there's nothing good can happen from from just you know putting up fake reviews just because like, I mean, maybe you have a good product and maybe you believe in that product right. and maybe you're getting buried by you know someone else who is buying a thousand and, and that's the you know the problem <laughs> man this is this is turning into a big conversation <laughs> here but like ethics. the the problem with things Here's like. Well, I'm not even talking about ethics here. I'm talking about just general scale. You know, the scale of Amazon, the scale of Facebook, the scale of Twitter, the scale of TikTok. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but my daughter um, had a TikTok account. And um, she was up to like 1,800-some followers on, on TikTok. And she called me at the store while I was at the store one day and said her TikTok account got suspended. All of her account got deleted. Huh. All, all of her content got deleted. All of her videos were gone. And, like, there was no... There was supposed to be, like, an appeals process, but we didn't... Like, my, I guess there was supposed to be, like, an appeal button, like, in the banner ad that you were supposed to tap on in order to file an appeal to get your account reinstated. But basically what it boils down to is... There's no recourse. There's nobody that you can talk to. There's nobody that you can say, hey, why did my account get right. delisted? It's the same thing with, you know, it's the same thing with a lot of different, a lot of these companies that are just so ginormous that have like, you know, millions of creators or millions of storefronts or millions of customers or millions of racist uncles you know like all of these different services they they're completely reliant on algorithms and on basically zero human contact in order to cont- in, in order to run their operations because quite honestly it would be too expensive to have human contact mm-hmm. and so like when you get into something like amazon you know like i said i was about to i was about to to talk about this before we brought up TikTok. I don't know how this happened, but anyway, like you know, you, you were mentioning like if if people pay for reviews, then you know they're gonna people are gonna buy a crappy product, and you have to deal with returns and blah 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 blah. That's not even the problem. The problem is maybe you have a good product, maybe you have a product that doesn't fail, but the only reason people aren't buying it is because somebody else with a similar product, and most of the stuff right. is white box anyway. Um, but somebody else with a similar product has paid a thousand people to put reviews into their store which the Amazon algorithm really likes because the according to Amazon oh wow a lot of people are buying this they must and they're really they're engaged enough that they're going in and they're 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 reviewing it 
And by the way, you should review this podcast because the uh, the uh, podcast algorithms are exactly like this too. Mm-hmm. But like, if you if you have that kind of engagement, then uh, clearly, according to the algorithm, you are a superior product to this other product that is just as good, but just doesn't get any attention because they haven't sent out. Ten thousand dollars worth of Which gift puts cards them to in the their front customers. of the line, and when you're when they're searching for products and all that stuff, I and know we, it's so infuriating. Uh, I know it is so infuriating, and and you know, like, man, I, I, this could go into a, a lot of different bad directions. And I don't want to do that. You can talk about a lot of things. You can talk about YouTube and their algorithms, and and yeah, you know, I mean, they're yeah, I mean it, but but if you're going to, I mean, honestly, it's unfortunate, but. I don't want to say you have to game the system, but you learn how you have to learn how to play the game. You have you do have to learn how to play the game, and and like, but the but the the other infuriating part about this is there's nobody telling you what the rules of the game are. You just <laughs> have to kind of all the time, and and they're and they're moving the goalposts constantly. Right, right. Like sometimes they're even moving the goalposts behind you, and like you've already scored, you didn't even know it. <laughs> And it's like, oh, it's it's just it's it's maddening trying to live in an online world where algorithms are king and like the people are just pawns just trying not to die. Right. I mean, really, that's all we're, that's all a creator is is somebody trying not to die. And I think I'm trying not to die here, people, and I'm barely keeping it together. And I think you know, I think you can just say is like bringing it back to please rate and review this podcast. What? What we were talking about originally, it, you know, I think you can just say it because I know you stated as much on the podcast episode that we're sort of tying this into that you mm-hmm. consider yourself um, not an influencer but a reviewer because you, in order to maintain your credibility and just how you would, how you, I think it goes back to also how you would want to listen to a review to actually mm-hmm. get information from it to glean that information. You would want something that's an honest review in all facets and so yeah. that so benefit of the doubt will always be that way as well as the other reviews that you do for other sites so right and, I, and that's one of the right. reasons i trust when when you recommend something to me i i know i can trust trust it so but anyway so what else did we do this month oh wwdc and windows like and and i think this is a good way to um kind of round things out because mm. well actually those are the last two topics that we talked about for this month um so like before we get into that let me go ahead and do some shouting out which is due because we need to shout out people because we love our patrons and we're going to start off as always with clifton thomas oh yeah we will talk about that too we will talk about that, too. All right, so we're going to start off with Clifton Thomas, who is flashing his duo to us as we speak. Um, and we are going to say thank you to Zachary Palmer, to Josh Stone, to Michael Keeper, Kepper, damn it, <laughs> Neil Wilson, <laughs> Scott Brady, and Mr. Mike Han, Bender Tube, Lego Man, couldn't do the entire space shuttle in one sitting I'm just saying. So so thank you very much to the patrons that have all been totally awesome. And, uh, you know, it's it's not a competition or anything, but Michael Keeper is totally winning. Anyway, so <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to, you know what, I, uh, since you brought it up and I don't, wanna, I don't want this to get lost in the shuffle, let's talk about that duo that you ordered because you're insane. <laughs> hey. It's not. It's not as insane when it's instead of thirteen ninety nine, it's five hundred and fifty dollars. That's true. That is true. So now it's that, just a, what I would call a sensible purchase of an insensible pro, of, a, of a not sensible product. There you go. I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm gonna go with it. Okay. I I will say uh, somebody. Um, I think it was somebody for Android Central posted an article and i i think it's it's speaking of algorithms because i've searched now on google for surface duo when i was searching for best prices and things like that i'm getting tons of, of duo content on my news now now did you say you bought that for 550 was that the at&t unlocked version or it is, what was it, was it? unlocked it's unlocked yes. and that's not used that's that new. is new huh 
That's pretty cool. I mean, that's that's and an impressive find. the price immediately went up after that, so I got it at a good time. But uh, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So I I just I didn't want to deal with AT and T, and I'm sure it's fine, except that you know, number one, you get updates later, and two, I would have had to deal with all the bloatware, and AT and T is notorious for how much bloatware they have on their devices. I can speak from experience on that. Yeah, I, I so so going back to that Android Central device, um, it was it's, it said something to the effect of, it's not a great device, but it's also there's just something about it that's like very appealing, and mm-hmm. and, and I and I can say that I, you know I never I haven't I, I have not used this device um, with the um, with the original software that it shipped with. In fact, it would not let me. Because it really? automatically wants to. It's the only Android device I've ever had that basically on the onboarding, when it goes through like checking for updates, like insisted on installing the updates before I went forward. It was huh. it was very strange. Yeah, there's some stuff huh. that's like okay. very like Microsoft. I, I'm not saying it's bad. It's probably actually better. <laughs> or maybe they just put that in there because they knew it was not such a bad experience before. They're like, whoa. Install the updates, <laughs> but right. uh, yeah. So, so conceptually, I mean, um, you know, you've had the you've had the 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 Galaxy what Fold two, uh, yes. And and I mean, I, I'm so bad about like, you know, this has a lot more bezel, um, right. although it does serve a purpose. It it's not it's actually two screens instead of one. It actually mm-hmm. in a lot of ways functions very similarly to um, kind of what like a better version of what LG was doing with the um with the with the cases that they had for their phones like it's got right. the i'm trying to get this for the people actually watching the video where you press it and it launches two things at the same okay, time okay yeah 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 that yeah. kind of stuff but then you know it's got just the fact that you can flip it over that you can do the the tent mode thing mm-hmm. i was asking people earlier do you, uh, when i before the device actually arrived like should i put the uh Bumper case on it. Oh yeah, absolutely. It it looks better without it, but man, it, because it is an all glass device and it is so thin, I would be very afraid to drop it. Anyway, oh yeah, especially without could... it. Um, do you have the bumper on there now? I do. It's kind of okay, hard to yeah, see that... because I have such a it is horrible webcam, but uh, you can see it on the back <laughs> there actually. Yeah, yeah, okay. I was I was gonna say I saw some type of elevation on the back there, and I wasn't yes. sure if that was like a bumper case or if that was like some part of um, the design that I missed. <laughs> So, so I, I really enjoy using it. Um, I will say you definitely want it, it's definitely elevated by um, because you don't have an exterior screen like you do with uh, some of the other foldables that are out there. You definitely want to have a smartwatch with it um, for okay. notifications. Um, oh yeah, there's some things that, that are just sense. limiting. Like obviously, you can't install a, a third-party launcher. You can, or you could, but then it wouldn't function correctly. You can't install like the Google keyboard, um, but for productivity, it's oh. great. I, I we use Trello at work. Losing Gboard, I don't know, man. <laughs> I know. Uh, thankfully, it's SwiftKey though. It's SwiftKey, so it's not bad. Okay, it's a, it's a lot right. better than like uh, in my experience than like Samsung's keyboard. And sure. you know, it's got the specific stuff for the different. Um, uh, like if you're using it in the full mode, it's it's it's. It orients to the, the different uh, postures that you. Yeah, yeah. So the you definitely want that. Yes, the posture. So yeah, I I really enjoy using it. Um, is it an incomplete experience? Yes. Is it a first generation product? Yes. Mm. But is it a product that I would recommend anybody buy at uh, fourteen hundred dollars? No. <laughs> Probably not even at like eight hundred to nine hundred dollars. As as like um something to play around with though you know and, and something that um. And if you've got the money to spend at like six hundred bucks, it's 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 interesting to play with. It really is. And I hmm. I think honestly, I, I don't want to call it a fire sale, um, but it kind of seems to be. They supposedly oh, they didn't they didn't the make web too is many calling of them. it a fire sale. <laughs> I noticed. I, it, they, supposedly they didn't make too many of them, so um, they obviously didn't sell too many of them. But uh, right. yeah, I've enjoyed using it. Um, I don't know. It's one of those things that I, I still kind of have that new you know that the eyes that are fresh and, and I'm, I'm probably seeing past some of the frustrations but yeah um i th- definitely think they've ironed out some of the uh bugs Good. i do wish i do wish that uh, i just it's still running android 10 mm. and it's, come on like you literally have one android device you couldn't you couldn't ship <laughs> what the one, the 
I mean, Cliff, the phone that I'm reviewing right now is 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 also running Android 10. So, <laughs> um, so I feel I mean, your I'm pain not that there. Surprise, but I mean, but yeah, we're talking about a fourteen hundred dollar phone, and they literally make one of them, and yeah. <laughs> it's a Halo device. But you know. So, um, I'm coming up on a vacation at the end of the month. Are you going to be reviewing this for the podcast while I'm gone? Uh, I don't know about a, it depends on what you want. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, at this point, what, I mean, at this, this point, literally like- anything. Um, but no, I've, I've, <laughs> I've got one episode, I've got one episode planned out, um, but I don't know what I'm going to do for the second one, probably an interview I, or two or something. I could definitely do a, um. Oh gosh! Uh, well, like a, yeah, on it. Well, sure, but I think a, I think the Microsoft Duo warrants a little bit more than a tech. Yeah, so if you want to like, if you want to do what I did for the Buzz I, I this past be, week, and I like it would be, do, do it, I think yeah, I think it would be interesting to do more of like an after the Buzz sort of review. Yeah, or like a hover between a mini review and an and a tech. Yeah, something like sure. that. So we can't use after the Buzz because Pocket Now already copyrighted that. Oh yes. Um, but uh, but yeah. So okay. So you will expound your thoughts about the Microsoft mm-hmm. Duo while I'm on vacation. Good. So that's going to be another episode. By the way, I am. I, I should actually tell people this. I'm I'm coming up on a vacation. I'm going to be gone for two weeks, and the episodes are going to be short. <laughs> so I'm just letting you know because I won't be doing news, obviously. So, um, so like no. So I'm good for the fourth. I am good for the eleventh. I'm good for the eighteenth. I'm leaving that week, and I'm going to be gone the 25th and the 1st, and then I'll be back for the 8th. So, so just, I got to, like, and one of those episodes is going to be an interview and a review of a set of headphones, um, and an interview with the president of the company, um, so, um, so that'll be that, and then the other one will probably be a review, actually, I think the other one's probably going to be me and Cliff talking about... Um, some, some, uh, TCL phones. Yes. So that will probably be actually on the 18th. Um, I've got mine Which, by here. the way, I've been using mine for the past, uh, three days. Yeah? And, uh, yeah, I, I am impressed. I can say so. that we're past the NDA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. So, uh, Cliff has the, the TCL 10 S. TCL 10 S I have the TCL 10 S E and I also have the TCL 10 pro and I got the baller reviewers kit that, Mm. um, that TCL sent out with it. So, um, that, um, I, I did, I did video and unboxing of that kit along with the unboxing of the S E. So that was all part of one video. I'm going to put that up maybe <laughs> at some point. Um, that was like days later. I shot three videos that day. One of them I did find that was the unboxing of the of the reviewers kit. The unboxing of the TCL 10 Pro I did not do high quality audio, and on the unboxing of some other stuff from Zag which will never go on the YouTube channel because I didn't have a camera. So, um, yeah, it was not a good day. <laughs> it was not a good day. That's kind of unboxing. Um, audio oh, unboxing. Yeah, just, yeah, look at this. Oh, look, it's so pretty. No, uh, no, but I did get some accessories, some Zag. Uh, that'll be like, a, you know, a c- upcoming tech, yeah, something like that. Mm. But um, anyway, so, wow, we really wandered far off the field. So I'll tell you what, we can do... Yeah, we can do both. It'll just be a long episode. So let's do 10 minutes of WWDC. Um, And I wanted to start off... So, like, just overall impressions of WWDC and the Microsoft event, both were actually pretty darn exciting. Like, it's it's easy to go into these developer conferences. Like, for example, Google I.O. Wasn't exactly the sexiest developers conference ever. Um, and and the Apple, uh, the WWDC, I don't know, maybe it was just me. I didn't really see a whole lot of developer-centric stuff on there. Like, a lot of what they showed off for WWDC and for Windows 11, but so uh, Windows 11, was was that part of Ignite? No. Or Build? No. No, it was just no, a standalone it was its event. Own, it was its own. That was literally a Windows-centric event. That's it was a it was Windows. Like. Okay, so that so, that so makes sense. Face. Actually, no, it did have. Yeah. There was a so so with with Microsofts. They had a 
I guess you would call it consumer facing or fan facing you know, or, or oriented. And then they had a separate uh, developer. Thing for developers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for- Warren actually hosted that. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to get her on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so for WWDC, though, considering the fact that it is the Worldwide Developers Conference and developers is actually in the name, there was a surprising lack of developer information, like pretty much. Like, and I get it. You know, Apple uses WWDC to show off what's coming up. And I also get that Apple now has so many products that are in the mainstream that they have to show off a lot of these features for, you know, uh, for iPad OS, for Mac OS, for iOS, for uh, Watch OS. And like they, they, they stuck, they like staple gunned on some developer stuff at the end there. But like a lot of that was like a consumer facing, like I uh, do developers care about FaceTime. I do that. I don't. I don't think so. Because what can you do as a developer with FaceTime? Can you do anything? Yeah, it's not like you can tie into it. I mean, so. if you're a video service, you can tie into it now, apparently. Um, but because they've got that share play thing going on now, which Apple never really adequately explained. And I was watching. Um, I was watching, not watching live. I, I went back to. To read it later, the live blog with Dieter mm. and Nile from The Verge, and like the one question that I think Nile asked, I wholeheartedly agree with. Like was, <laughs> like the the theme of the conference seemed to be Apple saying we're gonna do all of this really great stuff, and like everybody else wondering how's that gonna work, <laughs> like like specifically with the share play thing, like um so like let's say Cliff and I get onto a FaceTime call, and for some reason we want to watch. Uh, the Mandalorian together. Do we both need Disney Plus? Do just I need Disney Plus? Do just you need Disney Plus as the host of the call? I and actually, I think I think I would be the host of the call because I have an iPhone. I don't know if you have an iPhone right I now. Actually, but. I was not familiar with the the, the the service part of it. I I just the the share. Pl- well, maybe this is a separate component. But I, I from what I understood, this was just the now you can as a as a non iOS user actually receive FaceTime calls through the web. Right. Right, you can if you I didn't want. know there was a I didn't know there was this other component to it. So that's Oh yeah. Yeah, so the share play thing, you know, and especially when you're doing share play through uh when you're doing a FaceTime call through Android. And actually, I don't know that anybody's explored this, but if you're doing a share, a FaceTime call through Android um to a browser there's no way you can do share play with that. Like there, there's, there's no way that that could possibly work, because it's a web app, and it's not like you're going to be watching the Mandalorian streaming through Chrome or something, or Safari. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I mean, like there was just a lot of stuff. I, mean, I don't think the iOS uh, or or um, or i or iPad OS betas are out yet, much less. Uh, can't remember what their their new no they're out they're out out? they were released that day yeah actually yeah apple does normally do that that's true i I haven't seen i haven't seen a lot of uh chat on twitter about it wouldn't surprise me if those particular features were not ready yet um but yeah but yeah the the betas are out there and like you know there's a lot of stuff um even from like i was seeing from android um shit we're moving to android 12 12 yes (laughs) Okay, so yeah, there was like a lot of stuff from Android 12 that isn't even. It's been a month, out. as you said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it has a been a half, really. I mean, it's been a lot in the last. Month. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so like, yeah, so like WWDC seemed like so much consumer-facing stuff. I mean, and I get it. There was like four days, so I mean, there was plenty of time for developers. But the keynote in particular um, just seemed so consumer-centric, and like you know, offering FaceTime on Android and Windows is a big deal. And like, you know, a lot of those a lot of those features that were coming to FaceTime were direct shots at Zoom. And if Zoom doesn't see that, yes. you know, God help them. Um, but 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 I mean at the same time I wanna wonder, are there companies out there that use FaceTime calls instead of Zoom calls? Because I don't know. I, I don't I know I've never been part of one. And I worked for an Apple developer. And we still use Zoom. Um, so like I'm kind of wondering. You guys used Zoom back then. We guys, yeah, we used Zoom back then. Interesting, huh? Yeah. I had never heard of Zoom until the pandemic. Quite honestly. Oh yeah, 
No, we we were using Zoom um, before that. Um, you huh. know, not really for. Wait, was it Zoom? It had to have been Zoom. <laughs> I mean, at, at Android Authority, we were using Zoom all the time. That was like all of our meetings. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, I think it was Zoom that we were using for at 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 Brian Correct Schreier. me if I'm wrong, though. I think you can do. <laughs> I think on one of the podcasts that I was listening to, they called it the uh, Brady Bunch feature. Where you can have yes. w- with FaceTime, where yeah, you can actually have like multiple facial pres- the grid. presences within the one grid call. of people, mm-hmm. the grid of people. So, um, but yeah, so I, 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 and actually now they now that I think about it, I think it is kind of funny that Android Android Authority used Zoom and not like Google Hangouts. But anyway, uh, so I think even then Hangouts was on the way out. Yeah, or or Meet or Google Meet or whatever, because um, I know at Android Central we use Google Meet for everything. So. Um, but anyway, so like, yeah, so, you know, shots fired at FaceTime, um, still no iMessage and I kind of get that. Um, and actually a lot of stuff came out, um, later, um, you know, came out later from WWDC, from the Epic Apple trial about like, you know, sideloading and, and stuff like that. This is where I, I have to think like when you're talking about iMessage, and FaceTime and and all these uh, wild garden apps, with with the lawsuit going on with, with Epic versus Apple and and their defense and things like that. I wonder, especially not necessarily in the, in the United States where the courts are a little more Apple friendly, um, in something like the EU, will you, will you see um, efforts to decouple? I, I message and and FaceTime and things like that from um, the OS. I I, I I would not be surprised. Well, and to, yeah. And to open up the besides the whole effort to open up the uh, the OS to third party app stores and things like that. right, right. And actually, you know, um, I don't necessarily want to. I mean, you know, WWDC was 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 <laughs> it was like three weeks ago. I, I barely remember what happened. Me, I honestly, <laughs> but. I was trying to recall all the things that happened, and I'm kind of drawing a blank. But the thing that you mentioned about, like, decoupling, you know, FaceTime and iMessage kind of brings me to, you know, Teams with Windows 11 mm. and how and how Microsoft is integrating Teams into the taskbar, like, into the operating system of Windows 11. And doesn't that just sound exactly like integrating my Internet Explorer into Windows back in the late 90s? Like, isn't that exactly the same thing? Yes. However, and like, however, the difference if you're actually going to compare it to to I'm, I'm, or conversations that we're having about other ones, it's not like I'm comparing it directly to the antitrust into the right. antitrust trial. I, I think yeah. I think um, I think things have become a little more complicated. Okay. Uh, in in today's environment versus like Internet Explorer being included in. Well, and, okay. If you want to argue that, like, see, back in the day, the reason, I mean, at least the way I, the way I see it, and granted, I was a teenager when all this crap was going down with Microsoft oh, the first time, mm-hmm. but like, you know, the way I saw it was, you know, with Internet Explorer being integrated into every computer that every Windows computer that was sold, you were basically selling and packaging your version of the internet into every into every computer box being sold. And, you know, that was a profound thing because the internet was just beginning to, you know, get its legs. I I would argue we're at a similar cusp with video communication calls. Like how many people did isn't the dominant player. And not yet. Because, because, (laughs) because uh, the pandemic happened. (laughs) Well, well, because internet Explorer was actually, you think about it, there were only two competitors, right? There were essentially Internet that, Explorer, there were, were Internet Explorer and Netscape Navigator or next and 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 right. Um, I mean, Internet Explorer was even available on um, OS OS eight and OS nine. Um, on yeah, on Max back then, and that's so that it, it, that's what I'm saying. I just the environment has changed so much. It's not like Teams number one is the dominant player, and two. It's not like they've it's walled because off to, teams is largely awful, but it's not it's not like Microsoft doesn't allow you to use a, a, another service. You know, I mean, that you have options. I yeah. agree. But but I mean, if that was going to happen, I mean, that the fact that Skype was built in before 
Muck Teams was, and there's been right. the antitrust stuff with that. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, I just I feel like it's a different. It, it's it it is a different time. I mean, it, that was what twenty five years ago, twenty years ago. Yeah, give or take. Ish. It was a different time. And, yeah, I mean, and it, there's just yeah, it's just the web is in a very different space, and um, I think there's a lot more competition. I I, I definitely see your argument. I just. Uh, I, I just think if we start to see a major uptake in uptake in, in teams, teams usage, that is going to be a very big problem for Microsoft. Well, so keep I, in mind it, that this is this yeah. is actually uh, I think it's the consumer facing version. Like no, I'm not, I keep saying consumer facing the, the consumer version of Teams ver- not, rather than like, like not the, the enterprise op- version. Correct. Hmm. Yeah. I well, think. and and well, and also like you know they kept saying you know if you want to keep, stay in touch with your friends and family you you'll you'll have Teams right in the taskbar. I'm like okay, yeah, but if you like your friends and family, you're not having them sign up for Teams. Come on, <laughs> like I would sooner have my mom sign up for a Zoom account than I would for a Teams account. Can well, you so- do like can you do like um, link invitations to Teams chats? I you know don't what I mean? Know. That's a, that's a so here here's something that's kind of interesting right so they they talked about and i'm only talking about this because honestly i listened to the verge um podcast talking about windows 11 but it is interesting mm. it almost kind of it, it's kind of similar to like the the how is how is it going to work question that we had with um facetime with right? Share, in yeah, that they talked play. about yeah. in in the the webcast for uh, microsoft talked about the fact that you can actually message someone that doesn't have teams and it as a phone number and it'll send them and somehow like you get an SMS message and how does that work? Like do you huh. get like a text message that says so-and-so has sent you a message on teams. Here's a link. And then it like, or installs everything uh, for right. you or, or yeah. does it just, I, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting yeah. and they haven't really explained that. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of questions. I, I will say I have used windows 11. Now I installed it on, um, on a laptop I had laying around, um, but it's only the first release and, and uh, the team's integration isn't there yet. So ah, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> How do you like that middle centered start button? Daddy likey. Yeah. You like that? Okay. Well, you okay. know, because, because it's not the same old start menu. If it was just, the Windows 10 start menu just popping up, but it's so in much the middle. more. Yeah, that yeah. would be terrible. It would be weird. That would be just so lie. terrible. But it's so <laughs> di- it is it's different. And 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 yeah. honestly, right now it does kind of feel like not a reskinned, um, but it feels like a win not a reskinned Windows 10, but like a Windows 10.75 because mm. it's such an early release. But yeah, I mean, I I really I want to withhold my enthusiasm, but I am. <laughs> Very, we'll see how it is I'm the, very excited yeah. about it, honestly, because I because and and I think I just think Panos is awesome, and I think he has great oh, vision. Yeah. And most of the time, and you know, I I think some of the some of the stuff that he hasn't been able to do with the Surface team is probably because things like the the Duo is because of the the, the shifts that have happened in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Not with the not with the Duo, but with the um, the Neo. Anyway, that's a larger conversation. But yeah, because yes, Panos is. is behind it, I I. I have a lot more faith in it than I would have had with like um, the the visual revisions that were there with uh, Vista and things like that. I got you. I got yeah. you. Yeah, I, I I love Panos. I, I'm a I'm a very big oh. fan of Panos. His presentation so. is just. I just. I'm like, can you do like ASMR? <laughs> it's just his pacing with everything. It feels so authentic. It is. It is. It's really great, and mm-hmm. he just and he he makes you believe it. Mm-hmm. And I want to. I want to do like you know. I I think I did my best Panos impression on the last oh, podcast. It was hilarious um, with the wedding. Yes. Yes. Oh my um, god! I was laughing in my car. I I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. I wasn't sure how that was going to land, <laughs> but but uh, um, you know, it's like yeah. But you're right. His pacing is like you know. Hey, this is great. It, this is great. You're great. I'm great. Everybody's great, and we all know that. But we just had to show you, and we had to tell you that everything is great, and it just and just keep going like that. And how he does oh, that, the, I don't know. The part when you mentioned where you said where you were talking about the ring, and it's like circles of love. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I feel like it's just it's very hard to be someone who is the face of so many products to do a pre-recorded um especially like one that's produced like this versus doing it live even though doing it oh, live yeah. is its own it presents its own thing but but and also sure. to, to to be so good but also feel so authentic and he just balances it so well 
So yeah, I, I but yeah, I thought that was. I mean, if you look at, I mean, I I enjoy Apple, even the the, the pre recorded stuff. Uh, you know that they do for. I'm gonna piss you off here. Dub dub DC. <laughs> oh, that's a throat punch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and the like, but I I just. There's something about Panos, and I know you feel the same way, so I'll, I'll stop waxing on about Panos. But, uh, yeah, I almost want to go back and watch it because I just enjoy his presentation so much. I, it must be, make, makes me want to emulate it. So we lost Cliff, and then we got Cliff back, and then we lost him again. But uh, but anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, and wrap things up here because we are running very long, and my wife wants to get back to cleaning so we can have a 4th of July party. So I am going to go ahead and thank everybody for tuning in who watched this live. I'm going to thank everybody for tuning in who listened to this later when it got published. And I'm going to thank Cliff for joining me as a co-host as he does every month on the Doubting Thomas Monthly Recap. But most of all, and as always, I am going to thank you for listening and for giving me the benefit of the doubt. Okay, well, just so you know, just to be a dick, I ended the show while you were gone. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we had much left to say. No, no, it's fine.